Okay. Welcome this morning. Uh, we're so glad that you're with us again. Like Jacob said, how good was last week? We had a packed room, a packed car park. Uh, we had a delicious lunch, thanks to the to the cooks who prepared that for us. Um, I just thought it was a great picture last week of what our church is going to be every week. A place where we gather together, we party and we celebrate the good things God's doing in our life and we, we scatter again to carry out the mission of Jesus during our week. We gather on a Sunday and we, we scatter during the week to live our lives like Jesus. I, I just was, I was excited. I was excited last week. Um, but I'm so glad that we're here this morning. We've still got a great group of people here this morning. Turn to the person next to you and say, you, you're okay, you're okay. <laughs> Okay. Uh, on Friday night, we had we had our rev breakup for the year with a bit of a Christmas party, um, and just want to again acknowledge the rev team in the room. Um, I know that they're doing something special for lunch today together, but uh, we have a team of of adults who care for young people. Uh, whether it be JREV or REV, and we just want to acknowledge that in this church that we care very much about young people and we want young people to thrive in our neighbourhood. We know what's kind of up against them at the moment and I just love that this can be a place where those people, where young people can find belonging and they can hear the good news of Jesus in their life. And so thank you, REV leaders. Thank you, Sam and Megan, who have led that team as well. Yeah, it's good. It kind of it kind of ramped up there at the end. It was good. <laughs> Finished high. That's good. Um, all right. Now, I love movies, and I've talked about movies a lot. And I don't know if if you love movies or not. You're going to have to have to bear with me if you don't love movies. But do you know that sometimes, for me, my favourite character is is quite often not the main character. Do you, do you get that? It's kind of like my, my favourite character isn't the main one, but quite often they're, they're crucial to the whole movie. They're usually like there's an unsung hero quite often in movies. And I was thinking about some movie series that I really love and some of the, the unsung heroes. So in like a... In Star Wars, like we think of, you know, Luke Skywalker. Well, I, I love Luke Skywalker, but, but there's actually a couple of unsung heroes in Star Wars who maybe don't get the credit they deserve. And I've got a picture of, of our first one here, our first unsung hero from Star Wars. It's, not, it's definitely not Jar Jar. Uh, yeah. What? Oh, that ruins everything. What do you mean? It's on the I put it all on the computer. Oh, anyway, cool. Uh, it's in my bag. It's just on my hard drive. But you know, uh, R2D2 is the picture that was going to come up. So, can you imagine on the screen R2D2, unsung hero? 
Do you know that there's so many points in Star Wars where R2-D2 makes little breakthroughs that if they didn't happen, the rest were stuffed, right? Does anyone, anyone know that? He's also really funny. So R2-D2 is like an unsung hero in that who I think is, is great and hilarious. In Lord of the Rings, we know Frodo is kind of like, he's the hero. Um, but actually, this unsung hero is Samwise Gamgee, isn't he? Does anyone ever, sh- does anyone like, there's a point in those Lord of the Rings movies where you're just like, Sam is just the best. You know, like Gollum is like, uh, hey, that's good. There he is. What a hero. He ends up like carrying Frodo near the end to get that, to get rid of the ring and, I oh, spoiler alert, uh, Samwise Gamgee, unsung hero, crucial to the whole uh, to the whole movie. All right, this is a bit out there, but this is one of my favourite movies. It's def- it's say- Susie's favourite movie ever. But has anyone seen the movie The Goonies? The Goonies, and there's Mikey is kind of the, the main character, which is actually Sean Astin, the same character when he was a kid. He's the main character in Goonies. So the same photo, just keep that up, that's fine. Uh, But actually there's an unsung hero in that movie. As this group of kids go on this adventure, one gets left behind in the freezer because he wants to eat all the ice cream, and that is Chunk. Chunk from the Goonies. Now if it wasn't for Chunk... Those guys would have been stuck underground with the bad, the Fratellis. They would have captured him. But Chunk got the help of Sloth. Anyone, people who haven't seen Goonies are looking at me like, what are you talking about? But Chunk saves the day. He brings the help that's needed. He is the unsung hero in the Goonies movies. All right, Harry Potter. We all know Harry Potter is kind of the hero of Harry Potter. And he has his, his kind of... His two best friends, Hermione and what's his name? Ron, that's it. But there's actually an unsung hero again in Harry Potter and his name is Neville Longbottom. Look at him, he's an attractive lad. And uh, again, Neville does the courageous things in the background that allow uh, the whole thing to work. And so we're grateful for Neville, the unsung hero. This is a bit out there, but uh, has anyone seen the movie Castaway? <laughs> well, you know that Tom Hanks is the hero, but there is one other character in that movie, and that's Wilson, the volleyball, the unsung hero. Anyway, I don't know how that fits. Uh, all these guys, all these unsung heroes, they're actually people in, in these stories who are usually not like, they're not overly talented, but their bravery and their character help save the day. Maybe not Wilson, I don't know. It doesn't fit. But their, their character, their bravery. We get to look at uh, today, we're looking at the, the Christmas story, the second week of Advent. Last week we looked uh, at Mary, a focus on Mary and Mary's story and what God birthed in her and, and how that applies to us as well. But this... Christmas, we get to look at the, this, today the unsung hero of Christmas. We're looking at um, 
the story of Christmas, looking at God's plan of redemption for the whole earth, for His people. And God has this unexpected plan. The Messiah that the people are waiting for, this this warrior, this king who will overthrow everything else and Israel will reign again, uh, isn't the story of Christmas. It isn't the plan that God chooses to carry out. Instead, we see God born as a baby to a teen mum who shows us a different story, an unexpected story and a story that revolves around love. This morning, uh, we're looking at the next kind of installment of the Christmas story. So we're actually looking at Matthew's account this morning. Uh, Luke's account, definitely at the start, focuses in a fair bit on Mary. But today we are focusing in on Joseph. And Matthew kind of paints a great picture of who Joseph is in the Christmas story. So if you've got a Bible on your phone or paper or you can read off the screen, we're looking at Matthew 1, 18 to 25 to start off with. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph Son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. We're going to skip a few verses and and look again at just a couple of highlights of where Joseph features in the rest of the story. So in Matthew 2, starting at uh, verse 13, and we'll read on from there. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph again in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on the wise men's report of the, first, of the star's first appearance. Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. 
Get up, the angel said. Take, this, take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Achaelus, he was afraid to go there. Then after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophet had said. He would be called a Nazarene. All right. So I know that there's a lot going on and we kind of skipped a whole bit of the story. But we are, we are going to look at Joseph this morning. What we might learn today from Joseph in this. So let's pray and let's invite Holy Spirit to come and show us. God, we thank you that you are good. We thank you that you are here. We thank you uh, for your plan of redemption for the whole world, an unexpected plan. Uh, Holy Spirit, we ask that you teach us this morning, teach us uh, from the example of Joseph in this story. We ask Holy Spirit that you prompt us, that you guide us, that you lead us as we explore your word. May it come alive here in our hearts this morning. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Cool. So it's already been said. Sarah kind of mentioned it uh, this morning already. I talked about it last week. The Christmas story is a familiar story for us, isn't it? Even if we didn't grow up in, in uh, church or in an environment of faith, most of us know the Christmas story. And I actually think there's a point where we can easily forget to look at the characters of the story as real people, right? We know them so well and we just, this is what's always been done. We know kind of what their decisions are. And, and we forget that they are, in the story, humans like us. At every kind of intersection in the story, these are people who have had to make choices, and so looking this morning, I want to I look at what can we learn from Joseph's story. Are you with me? We're okay with that? Yes? Good? Good? <laughs> Maybe we needed more coffee this morning. Just a little bit? That's okay. More after. So first of all, I want to suggest that Joseph is the unsung hero in the Christmas story. Just like a Samwise Gamgee, obviously Jesus is the focus of the story. Mary is the, is the one who gives birth to Jesus and there's a lot of focus on Mary. But, I, you know, there's just times and maybe it's just because of me being a, a dad and a male. I don't know. Joseph resonates with me, especially the last few years looking at the story of Joseph. And I believe he's an unsung hero because Joseph clearly was a man of character. Even before Joseph has his first visit from an angel, which he has multiple visits from an angel. Who would like three visits from an angel? Like, let alone one, he gets like three. Uh, but even before that, we can see how Joseph was always trying to do the right thing. We hear it because even though it seems harsh to us today, we hear the story when, when Joseph finds out that Mary's pregnant, who he's engaged to, and he knows that that child isn't his. 
the scripture tells us that he decides that he's going to quietly break off that engagement. He's actually going to do a very honourable thing. You see, the actual story is that he could have brought Mary forward and Mary could have been stoned because she was pregnant and he knew it wasn't hers. We hear the story of the, the adulterous woman who's set to get stoned in stories of Scripture and that actually... He had every right under law to have Mary stoned like that. But we actually hear that he wants to break off the engagement quietly so that she won't be harmed. And I actually think, as, as harsh as it still seems that he broke it off or was going to break it off, I think that it shows the character of who Joseph was. I think he was a solid guy. He had a pregnant teen wife. He didn't want to disgrace her. He wanted to honour her. Uh, and he, he, instead, he, he ends up saving Mary's life. And that's, that's kind of what he was talking about. Can I just say that if you are single, if you're a single woman in here right now, I reckon like you need to find yourself a guy like Joseph. <laughs> I was just trying to think of how do we describe how solid a guy Joseph seems and I think he's the kind of guy that you would want to get yourself if you were single. I think we see in this story of Joseph over and over again that Joseph wasn't actually looking for a way out. I think he was stuck in a moment where he was like, Mary's told me. <laughs> Can we imagine this for two seconds? Mary's told me she's pregnant. But actually, it's God's child. I think Joseph had a right to be a little bit like, okay, Mary, how about we just break this off quietly? It's okay. We'll leave this one behind us. But we obviously see then that, that Joseph hears directly from an angel. He hears from God. And we'll talk a little bit about Joseph's obedience in a, in a little sec. But I see a man who wasn't looking for a way out. And there were plenty of opportunities in this story for him to kind of cut and run. For him to get out. Who knows? And there may be some in the room who know this personally. I don't think the gig of being a step-parent is an easy gig. Right? And we see Joseph choose that. We see Joseph carry that out for the rest of Jesus' life, or the rest of Joseph's life. He carries out that role of being a step-parent. Now, I, I don't know. We, I don't want to make anything up this morning. But, but Jesus was, and we believe in our doctrine, that Jesus was fully human, right? And we also believe that he, he may not have ever sinned. But, but that doesn't mean that when Jesus was about 11, 12, 13, that at some point he didn't slip in there, but are you even my real dad? <laughs> you, can, you can tell me what to do, but uh, <laughs> I'm not listening to you. I'm going to listen to my real dad. I, I think there's enough proof in the story of Jesus and Joseph that what we are looking at in Joseph is a man of character. 
A man who sticks by Mary, who sticks by Jesus, who fathers Jesus, who shows Jesus a trade, who, who lives as if Jesus is his own son, who's willing to put up with whatever he, he was faced with, whether it be ridicule, whether it be hardship, I think he was a man of character. The second thing, and I believe that this is probably the most important takeaway for us this morning. In talking about God's plan, I believe to see God's plan come to fruition, we need, like Joseph, to be obedient and to persevere. You see, Joseph had the choice. We know what the end story is, but there's a moment where Joseph had the choice. He could have ignored the angel when the angel first visited. Like I said, he could have cut and run at that moment. But instead, we see Joseph do the right thing over and over, don't we? But I actually think what's more important than just Joseph doing the right thing over and over is that we see Joseph do what God had asked him to do over and over. The three visits from the angel, we see the angel actually says, no, I want you to stay with Mary. I want you to call this this child your son. I want you to, to stick with her. And we see Joseph say, yes, God, right? We then see a moment where actually an angel appears and says, Joseph, you need to get out of here. And we see Joseph say, yes, God. And then a third time we see an angel come and tell Joseph to go back. You will be safe. And we see Joseph again say, yes, God. You see, Joseph was a man of character. He did the right thing. But I think, I think the way that we see God's plan come to fruition isn't just by doing the right thing over and over again. It's actually doing the thing that God asks us to do, being obedient. He wasn't obedient just once, but multiple times. He remained obedient. I also think that there's something to his persistence and perseverance that we can take on. Like I said, there's opportunities where he could have stopped very easily could have stopped. There were plenty of moments for them as a family to give up. It's, it's tough. We hear Joseph, Mary, Jesus became refugees in another country to escape persecution, to escape Jesus being killed. There were plenty of times where Joseph could have given up, yet he persisted. There would have been times where he was like, God, what's your plan in this? Don't you reckon? There would have been plenty of times in raising Jesus as a kid where he would have been like, God, what is your plan in this? Yet he persisted. He protected And he carried out his part of God's plan. Despite facing the ridicule early on, the threat of death, he persisted. 
the complications of being that stepdad, he, he persisted. This morning, um, I don't want to just look at the traits of Joseph and say, Joseph was a good guy. We should, he's the unsung hero. He made it kind of all happen. But I want to ask you just a, a question. What is it this morning that you need to keep trusting God in? I want to tell you that God's plan is good for you. We hear it in Scripture. It's spelled out. God's plan for you is good. But there are moments where we have to not just do the right thing, but we have to be obedient to Him, where we need to persist and keep trusting. Maybe this morning you're in one of those moments of do I keep persisting? Do I keep persevering? Do I keep trying to be obedient to God's plan? Can I tell you that His plan is good and if we are obedient and we persevere, in Joseph's case, we see the redemption of the whole world. I believe that if we persevere, if we are obedient, we'll see the redemption of our families, of our neighbourhoods and of our city. Does anybody need to hear that this morning? Keep persisting. Keep persevering. I believe God's plan is good for each of us, but I also believe God's plan is good for our church. And as we look at God's plan for Christmas in, in sending His Son, God with us, Jesus, as an example, I, I believe God's plan for this church is in alignment with His plan at Christmas. And that is that we do want to see our families, the people around us, our neighbourhoods, our cities redeemed, restored, know the good news of Jesus, the broken healed. The lame walk, the deaf hear. We want to see that, don't we? There have been times already in this church's history where we could have just kept trying to do the right thing. But this church was birthed out of obedience. And I want us to be like Joseph, that church that keeps walking in obedience to God's plan. Are you wanting that as well? There's times where that means that things are uncomfortable. That means that there's times where we may face ridicule. There may be times where things seem dangerous, that there is upheaval. Can I tell you last week, and this is not an announcement about anything, but, but we pretty much filled this building last week. There's a time where we do have to think about we as a church, where are we, where are we heading are we, are, we, are we staying on site or do we need to find a place that's big enough to do what God needs to do? But in those moments, I don't want us to just do the right thing. I want us to do the obedient thing. As individuals this morning, maybe God's called you to something. Maybe you're, you're living that out in your vocation. Maybe it's specific 
plans that you see that God's put ahead of you. Can I encourage you this morning to persist, to persevere, to keep obedient to the words spoken to you by God? Not just do the right thing, but do the obedient thing. We persevere. We keep trusting God's plan, no matter how tough it might be in the moment, because we know that God's outcome is the best outcome. I love Christmas. I'm starting to get pretty excited for the next couple of weeks. I want to hear more Christmas carols. I haven't heard enough Christmas carols yet. I, I can't wait. We've already started planning what we're eating around Christmas. Does anyone love, is food the highlight for Christmas for anyone? I think it's mine now. Uh, I'm excited for Christmas. But I want us to remember the lessons of the characters of Christmas. What is God birthing in you? And will you remain obedient? Will you persevere to what God is birthing in you? Can we pray and let's just let the Holy Spirit speak to us in these moments. God, we thank you for the way you work. We thank you that you're not the God of chaos, but actually you're a God of order and that you have a plan. We thank you for the Christmas story. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you are making the world new again, that you are redeeming and restoring. We thank you that this story centers around love, your love for us. God, in these moments, I know that some people have faced a, a hard year. But there are some people in here who, even the last couple of weeks, have been testing and trying and hard. And we ask right now, Holy Spirit, for perseverance, for persistence, for conviction. And we ask Holy Spirit right now for those, for those who are, are wondering, we ask Holy Spirit that you might speak to them, that you might let, lay your plans clear before us. We want to see our families our neighbourhood, our city, transformed by your love, Jesus. I want to see people redeemed, restored. We thank you that you invite us into this story, into this plan. Holy Spirit, work on us this week. Remind us, remind us over and over again. Help us to be obedient to your voice, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Next week, um, we have uh, special guests preaching next week. We have um, Majors Dean and Vicky Clark with us next week, who will be, uh, who'll be presenting kind of the next characters in the Christmas story for us. Uh, I will be on leave next weekend, so I won't be around, but we have a great team who will be obviously making things run next Sunday morning. Um, just a reminder, Christmas Day, we, we just think it's so special to spend the first bit of Christmas together. I know Christmas Day can be a bit hectic. I know that there's lunches and things to get to, but we just think it's going to be so special to gather together 
to celebrate Jesus among us, Emmanuel, God with us, together on Christmas morning. And again, invite you the very next day, which will be a Sunday, Boxing Day. Dan reckons we'll have the cricket on. I'm not, I don't sure. The test starts at 10.30, does it? 10, 10.30? Anyway, 10 o'clock, meet for coffee. We're just going to pray together. We're just going to bless each other uh, together on that morning. So if you're available, come and grab a coffee. No shops will be open, so this is the only place to get coffee in all of Adelaide. So, you know. Uh, have a great week Uh, enjoy each other's company bless you this week